Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Here we are. Here we are. Talking about the news. Talking (laughs) about the news. And you know what? I really wanted coffee, but I was like, last time I had coffee when we were recording. Yeah, how'd that go? I don't know, man. I'm at a place now where it just kind of like sort of throws me off my game late at night. Like not even like I'm super awake, just like I start to get headaches and stuff. I feel like it's almost a false sense of energy when you drink coffee when you're really, really tired. Like if you should be sleeping, but yet your brain is acting like it's wide awake at the same time too. Like my body will still be tired. I'm also a very strange type of person where like I can drink a cup of coffee and then go take a nap if I want to. I can do that in the morning weirdly, you know, like it wakes me up and then like, I'm like, Oh, I can take a nap now. But it's just, I think what happens is I drink so much coffee, especially now that I'm back in the office some days Mm -hmm. I drink so much more coffee. Cause like, what else do you do? You like get up and go get yourself another cup of coffee. Yeah. And you need like something to sip on throughout the day. So you're just like sipping coffee nonstop. So then late at night, if I have another cup of coffee, my body's like, you've hit your maximum. Like, Oh, I get like pukey. It's really weird. Yeah. I just feel sick. Yeah. I have a really weird, I throw up really easily anyways. Like my stomach always gets like weirdly upset. What a good way to start this podcast. (laughs) I feel like a real strong (laughs) way to start a, a, a news episode podcast i hope this is someone's I mean, first episode i was right exactly like this is just their introduction to us i need a little levity though because honestly the news this week really depressed me yeah so i'm gonna get into the first story here please do um just get ready to be angry it's all upsetting so i'm not sure if this has gotten the attention that it deserves on social media and in the news and things like that but Police in Columbus, Ohio, have released body cam footage that shows an officer fatally shooting 20-year-old Donovan Lewis well, in his look at bed. This. Yet this another going to go right along with everything that I'm about to talk about. Oh, perfect. So this mm-hmm. is yet another unarmed black man who was murdered by police. His killer's name is Officer Ricky Anderson. He claimed to have seen, quote, something in Donovan's hand leading him to pull the trigger. After Donovan was shot, it was discovered that it was a vape pen in his hand. Um, So the reason that the officers were there is that there was a warrant to be served for Donovan with a felony arrest of domestic violence and assault and improper handling of a firearm. Okay, I can't wait for that to get used against him. I mean, look. Yeah. Domestic abusers, fuck them. Like we've said that many times on this podcast. However, you still deserve due process of the law. Right. It's not a death sentence to be an abuser. And this is so I wanted to stop and say I did Google it because I was curious about what this incident was or whatever to just kind of get a little bit more information. And from what I read, he there had been a few calls from like a girlfriend or a girl that he was with about domestic abuse. She was pregnant. Mm-hmm. There was a, a situation where he ended up kind of like shoving her down a hill at a park mm-hmm. and she had a bruised eye. Awful. That is all to say that two things can be true at once. Absolutely. Look, 
it's not defending someone's shitty behavior or abusive behavior totally. or saying that they're a good person to say that cops shouldn't be allowed to just shoot people willy-nilly because they got spooked. Exactly. And that's the thing is that I um, I feel like those two things should be looked at very separately. because but they I won't think be. They won't be. This is all going to be tied together. But I do think that it is important to mention because it is something that's in all the articles. Yeah. It is mentioned. So I wanted to get the research on that. So I felt like I could tell the story as truthfully as yeah, possible. Absolutely. So, I, I wasn't at all saying like that it, it's something that we should gloss over. And anyway, no, I just no. know that like, but it is important to make that point. Somebody has done something like everyone's going to be like, well, who cares then if they got, if they got shot by police? Exactly. It's like, well, well, you, should, still you care. should care. Like exactly. You should care. Like your circumstances and your choices and your bad behavior doesn't mean that you should be killed. Yeah, that's, just, the that's state not doesn't how it get works. to kill you just because. Yeah, exactly. So they were there trying to give him this warrant. They had been pounding on his door for about eight minutes, they said, calling his name when a man finally came to the door that was not Donovan Lewis. They immediately took that man outside and handcuffed him. They went outside, or they went inside, saw another guy in there, took him outside and handcuffed Hold him. Hold on. Yeah, this is the part where I'm like, why are we arresting all these people that why, are in the house? Why are we arresting them? Are you allowed... So did they have a warrant that said we can go into the home? I'm assuming that the fact that they were sent to the house for the warrant, I don't know if they were welcomed into the house or what the situation was. Or yeah, I doubt they, they were made, welcomed in. Well, I think, <laughs> I think if I had to guess what happened, they were getting really pissed off and angry that they had had to wait for eight minutes pounding on the door calling his name I don't know what grounds they had to arrest the two other men that were in the apartment I don't have any details probably, on that probably none I'm, I'm gonna go sure ahead and- it's none but I don't know what their reasoning <laughs> right. behind it sure. would be but those things kind of like you know set off alarm bells in my head a little bit so these two other men were arrested and then Anderson, the officer who ended up murdering Donovan Lewis, he's actually a canine officer. So he had a dog with him. And I'm like, don't bring the dogs into this. Seriously. Like, good dogs happen to bad people. At that makes me time. really sad. Right. Yeah. So Anderson went into the apartment with the dog. The dog signaled to like a back bedroom. So Anderson and another officer went to the back and opened the door. And you can see all this on the body cam footage as well. Um, They open the door and you can see a man laying in the bed. And as he was getting up to meet with the officers was when he was shot. And it was literally moments after opening the door. Like he made movement to get up and that was enough to like spook the officer. He shot one um, or he fired one shot into his abdomen. So Donovan did not pass away immediately but after he was shot they immediately handcuffed him dragged him outside before giving him any sort of medical aid or assistance Mm. and it was after they cuffed him that they finally called 911 and got him to the hospital and he was pronounced dead there so he this all happened I believe it was like the about 2 a.m when they knocked on his door and he was asleep obviously it's 2 a.m by 3 19 a.m he was pronounced dead Like not even an hour and a half. Yeah. Rex Elliott, the attorney for the Lewis family, stated at a press conference, quote, there was no justification. Let me be clear. No justification for Officer Anderson to shoot an unarmed man trying to get out of bed as police officers were instructing him to do. Donovan was asleep before officers arrived and had no warning that CPD would burst into his apartment. Elliott said the family is calling for accountability, saying, quote, 
They want this police officer punished, certainly, you know, not permitted to be out on the street again. We anticipate filing an action against the police officer that engaged in this reckless conduct. Even if he was a perpetrator of domestic violence, Donovan deserved due process, not death for his crimes. That's exactly right. Yeah. You know, and that's... Unfortunately, it's just this sort of thing happens so often. Well, and I just realized I I forgot to actually type up this part of my notes, but I listed three other instances that police in Ohio or in the Columbus area within the past few years have done something very similar. Do you remember, uh, I think her name was Makaya or Makia yeah. Bryant. Mm-hmm. She was yeah. one of them. Um, I'm not remembering the other two off the top of my head, but they were both cases that we've talked about on the show. And these are murders that have happened within the same area by police in the last few years. And I also read somewhere else that this is in a line of many cop murders within the past few months even by Columbus police. I'm not going to lie to you. I've never been to Columbus. I'm actually planning on going there next year. Um, I've never been well, to Anthony's Columbus. Well, Anthony's from um, Ohio. Cincinnati. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Cincinnati is all right, but I do feel like Ohio, I always grew up, you know, a lot of people would talk about how the slaves or enslaved people would flee to Ohio. I know nothing about right? Ohio. Like, I don't even think I know that. Like, Ohio is such a nothing state in my mind. Sorry, Anthony. I just know no, nothing about it's, it. But it's, it's <laughs> had always been considered to me. I mean, I'd never been to Ohio before. More of like I a safe haven? Got with Anthony that it's, it's a northern state. Yeah. I was always like, Ohio is a northern state. But let me tell you. The last time that I was in Ohio, and granted, I was in a little bit more of a rural area. Um, I was outside the city. I did not feel great <laughs> as a as a not white person Ugh. in in that area. And so I'm not speaking for all of Ohio, but I will no. say that like, and again, it's a northern state. The number of Confederate flags that I saw in Ohio, yeah. I'm like, do you realize what side of the war you were on? Like, I think people are just stupid sometimes. Like, you're a northern... You weren't fighting for the Confederacy, you idiots. But you know what? I think they know that. I think that they also just realize that the Confederate flag no longer represents what side of the war you were fighting on. Like, No, it, it, it represents, like, your political views right. as a whole. No matter what anybody says when they're, like, heritage, not hate, or yeah. whatever, the truth is we all know what the Confederate flag is a dog whistle for. Right. And that's why people in the North and in Canada even, like when there was that whole thing with all the yes, trucks in the, Canada. Yes, tr- the truck protests and stuff, they were flying the Confederate uh-huh, flag. Because we yeah. know what that means. It just looks so stupid. Like, it just looks like you're uneducated and dumb it when does. you do that. But, yeah, I mean, I... We I've talked about this when we were discussing everything going on in Minneapolis, especially with George Floyd. I have yeah. this very different view of especially, you know, the Twin Cities. I'm like, yeah, we're like the most liberal part of this, like, well, northern about, state. And then there's all this. Right. Then, the, But like, it's easy for me to think that way. Yeah. And then when it's displayed to me that it's otherwise, it's so glaring right. and upsetting. I mean, the truth you know? is that racism exists everywhere, everywhere. like that's, it doesn't that's matter. just the truth and also just because that's why when we talk about reforming the police or abolishing the police as they exist that's part of what we're talking about is right. that like it's so deeply ingrained in our society and in our police force because yes. of the way uh that policing started in yeah. america um that this kind of thing is going to happen. If you give this kind of power, power. 
to a group of people who have these deeply ingrained biases because yeah. most Americans have deeply ingrained racial biases. Right. Uh, you're going to see things like this. Like it is just inevitable. Like that. It's, so it has to be overhauled. With that yeah. said, let's take a break and we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, after the break. Oh, sounds fun. <laughs> Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Okay, so it's interesting to me that that was your topic for today, because Mm -hmm. the header of this entire section, which I really just have like one big thing that's like kind of three stories smushed into one. Okay. Um, The the topic that I wrote for this entire section is we need to talk about the police again. (laughs) Okay, give give it to me. Let's elaborate. So in 2020, the slogan defund the police seeped into the mainstream. And what defund the police really meant or still means is that police departments, which receive a disproportionate amount of funding, should have some of that money taken away and redistributed towards alternatives and other social programs. So when people hear that defund the police, they're like, you're trying to take all police away. You're trying to take away, you know, all um law enforcement and yeah. it's like that's not what that means no uh, we're, we're in fact trying to help you out as well so that you're like that's the thing that I think that a lot of people don't understand is that our police are also responsible for jobs that they are not trained for and we're asking them to do too much at the same time they're not equipped to handle mental health situations they're not equipped to handle certain like homelessness issues and right. other things like that where other resources to come in and support that would be helpful for everybody involved. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And um, 
you know, also we can't afford to do some of these other more beneficial things because we are giving the police so much, like exactly. such a huge chunk of our budget. So you have, you know, social programs, social workers are notoriously not paid well at all. You know, all of these programs that don't have the funding that they need to take care of a lot of these problems. Yeah. So we have to give those jobs to the police because they're the ones who have all the money, right? Exactly. Uh, So this is from a Mother Jones article, quote, options included unarmed emergency responders and youth development initiatives, among others. The hope was more general, though, to imagine beyond a police way of creating institutions that could prevent crime without the potentially deadly encounters with officers that had become all too common, especially over minor infractions. After all, Derek Chauvin killed George Floyd when the cops were called because of a counterfeit $20 bill. Right. So it makes a whole lot of common sense, right? Well, the police certainly didn't think so and very much got it in got in their feelings, got, got in their fifis. Um, <laughs> I about, love when you say fifis well, so much. Because I really feel like it captures how immature exactly. this situation is. Did like, it hurt your feelings? Oh, I'm oh no. so sorry. Right? So they got in their feelings that people were like saying defund the police, right? They took it real personally. And police across the country just straight up started refusing to do their jobs. This is something that we saw a lot of. So in Kansas City, for instance, a man named Daniel Fox is currently suing the police department because they were basically on strike due to their one of their own having been convicted of killing a black man, a man named Cameron Lamb, who was backing out of his own garage. So Cameron Lamb was backing out of his own garage when a police officer came um, responding to something was responding, responding to, something. to him or responding to something else that wasn't I think regarding it was him. responding to something else I'm I think uh so the public was outraged obviously of course as they should be yeah and I didn't write notes on it so I mean they could have been out for a warrant for him but regardless right. Besi- yeah. that's besides the point I was just curious yeah so the public was outraged and they found the officer Eric D. Valconary guilty of involuntary manslaughter and armed criminal action and they sentenced him to six years in prison not enough but okay so yeah So not long after this, Daniel Fox woke up in the middle of the night to the sounds of a break-in next door. So he went to investigate and he found that the door to his neighbor's house had been kicked in. Mm. So he went home. He had a kid at home and his wife at home. So he went home and he called the police who arrived on the scene after 10 minutes, uh, uh, arrived on the scene, but then left after 10 minutes. Like they didn't even, they didn't get out of their car. Like they came, they showed up to say that they responded to the call, but then they didn't bother to investigate investigate the neighbor's home so Daniel called back asking why the neighbor's house was still open and they said in the wake of the devalconary verdict that their hands were tied until the conviction was overturned wow so literally the captain called and left a voicemail and he said quote it's kind of out of the police's hands until that judgment is overturned on appeal so that we we can go back to our business of keeping citizens safe. It you is, take care. Bye bye. It is exactly in your hands. Mm-hmm. Who else's hands is it in it's if it's not in your Your hands. job. It's literally I, your job. I listen. So you, if you've listened to me long enough, you know how much I love the True Crime Obsessed podcast. And they talk about this all the time whenever there's like a story of, you know, especially like a disappearance and the cops are like, 
they're an adult. They can run away. Like, not yeah. a big deal. And it's like, do your fucking jobs. At mm-hmm. least do the bare minimum. Investigate a little bit. Worst case scenario, or best case scenario, that person is fine. Worst case scenario, we really do need you. You know what I mean? And like, it's this passiveness that is so dangerous. Because even when they do show up, sometimes it's like, um, whatever. It's yeah. fine. And so... For you to say that it's not in your hands when it's your decision or if you're the captain, if it's the people underneath you's decision to strike, it is in your hands. Right. I mean, and basically saying that you're you're threatening the American public with inaction or harm that, you know, inaction that could lead to harm. Imagine until, if a doctor did that. Right. Until you get what you want. Like, that's <sighs> what you're saying. So... When Fox posted a video about what happened to him on Twitter, two officers showed up at his house <gasps> when he wasn't home with tactical gear what? adorned with weapons on and told his wife, who opened the door, that they wanted to chat with Fox, <gasps> who later said that he felt like the officers were attempting to intimidate him. You think? Mm-hmm. That is so not cool. Right. That's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. So he is now suing the <laughs> suing the police department. Oh, my gosh. Um, and we'll see how that pans out. During the summer of 2020, it was not a surprise that Minneapolis took center stage of the defund debate. While initially it may have looked like the department there was defunded, $8 yeah. million dollars was reallocated from the police budget. They did that to make things look good, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. By 2022, the Minneapolis Police Department had more cash on hand than before Floyd's murder. And in fact, so much money is being allocated to the police that the rest of the city of Minneapolis is in a fiscal crisis. That's how much money is being allocated (sighs) now. And this is why. Let's break down why that is. One, there are the costly settlements from the violence the police committed, 27 million for George Floyd's family, 2.4 million for protester Soren Stevenson, $650,000 for journalist Linda Tirado. Tirado and Stevenson both have an eye missing from, as a result from police firing, quote, less lethal rubber coated bullets during uh, protests. During protests. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They also settled with protesters Jalil Stallings and Virgil Lee Jackson Jr. for $1.5 million and $645,000, respectively, for shooting them with rubber bullets and then beating them and tasing them. Legal claims in the 15 days after Floyd's murder would lead Minneapolis to pay out $111 million in lawsuit settlements. Well, then maybe Derek Chauvin shouldn't have fucked up. Yeah, but that's coming from... Like, the people of Minneapolis are basically oh, paying know. for that. So, oh, that's right. It's not the police that are paying for it. It's, like, the taxpayers it's like taxes. that are paying for it. Mm-hmm. So, oh. it's, so funds have to be reallocated. I mean, it's the police department, but right. funds have to come from somewhere within the city budget. Yeah, it's, the, right? it's like, the taxes and all of that Yeah, still. so they're pulling it from somewhere else. Like, other programs probably that need more money because your police don't know how to fucking act right, right? Right. Because so many police got their feelings hurt during the summer of 2020, many straight up quit. Yeah. Nearly 300 left the department and over 200 have left with workers' compensation settlement checks and lucrative disability pensions based on claims that policing the protests gave them PTSD. So they said that having to police this protest where they terrorize civilians. And it was your fucking fault. It was your, you started it. Yeah. Don't fucking kill people and we won't have to have these insane protests. Don't show up with rubber fucking bullets and instigate and make everything fucking worse. It's your fault. Again, the city is having to pay retirement pension benefits and 
workers' compensation benefits for PTSD from that. Uh, three. Womp womp. Many of those who are leaving actually cost the city tons of money but are still getting generous retirement packages. One officer racked up more than $344,000 in misconduct settlements over the course of his 12 years as a police officer. He is now receiving $56,000 a year in disability pension on top of $195,000 in workers' comp. Okay, yet another reason why we need to defund the police. Why is it that retired police officers are treated so well when everyone else in the country is having to work until they're 80 years old right or else they won't be able to make mm-hmm. enough money to live yeah like i get like that's how every job should be treated i'm not saying that like right i we mean should be treated badly, but it's just it's kind of shocking to see the disparities there yes yeah absolutely there's another officer who was involved in the killing of a black man in 2013 and he is racking up more than one hundred and twenty eight thousand dollars in disability pension on top of that same amount one hundred and ninety five thousand in his workers comp so you get the idea this is happening and again there are people who have cost the city money like there are people who the city has had to pay out settlements for because of their own violence. And now we're still paying them back. Mm -hmm. The combination of these payouts and police misconduct settlements is approaching $150 million. That's more than three-fourths of what the Minneapolis Police Department's budget was in 2020. Oh, my gosh. The city's self-insurance fund, which uses uh which it uses to pay out settlements is expected to be negative 94 million dollars by the end of 2022 so what would that look like then for people in minneapolis i i don't know i mean all of this is just to say that like just the, even less the resources police department is very nearly bankrupting the city of of minneapolis yeah like, it's taking away from social prog- programs that actually benefit the community right i don't know what that looks like or what it's going to look like long term but i do know that like all this talk of defunding the police and taking away that measly amount of eight million from them really has done nothing because unless we reform the police department i mean it's still going to be costing everybody so much money yeah i mean and in the meantime like you just said nothing has changed just this week and this is a less extreme example but it is just to say that this is still happening yeah uh body camera footage was released of a black pastor in Alabama, who was arrested for watering his neighbor's lawn. Stop. Yeah. He it's was, like the it's like the Karens that are like, the black kids are selling lemonade on my street. It's like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, okay. I mean, he lives on the street. Yeah. His neighbors were out of town. He was asked if he could water their plants. He <sighs> agreed. So he was over there doing that. The officer, whose name has not been published, which, insert eye roll, um, pulled up and approved and like asked Jennings if that was his car in the driveway. He's like, no, that's my neighbor's car. And so he's like, well, do you live here? And he's like, no, but I'm supposed to be here. He was like, I'm Pastor Jennings. I live across the street. I'm looking after their house while they're gone. I'm watering their flowers. So he, the officer tells him that somebody in the neighborhood reported a suspicious vehicle and a suspicious looking person who's not supposed to be in the yard. Oh, a suspicious looking mm-hmm. person. What does you, that mean? He's you, a, he's, you mean a black person? He's literally like a 60 something year old black and man. And he lives like, in the neighborhood. Right. What the fuck do you want? Well, so Jennings asked the officer who made the claim, who made the claim in the neighborhood. And when the officer didn't tell him the two exchanged words resulting in 
and Jennings being placed in the back of a police cruiser. <sighs> Following his arrest and being placed in handcuffs, the neighbor who called authorities about Jennings being a suspicious person tells the officers that she recognizes him and says <gasps> he he lives right there and he would be watering their their flowers. This is probably my fault. Why did you call the police? It's definitely your and fault. And also, like, watering plants. I mean, I live in L.A., so I feel like... I see people watering other people's lawns all the time. I um, just assume they were hired. I catch people, like, walking close to my apartment all the time. Like, my door is right off of, like, a very busy street. And it creeps me out. But there are people, like, we have had homeless people using, like, the outlets that are, like, outside. Uh-huh. Like, they'll sit outside our window. Or people will come, like, walk right by our garden and things like that. My instinct is not to call the police. Right, right. <laughs> that doesn't either. make sense to me. No, I mean, also, mind your business. Like, it's well, so That's like, what I'm weird. saying. Like, I just feel like I see people everywhere doing things. It's not It's not my place to get curious about what that person is doing. Especially. Unless, unless that person is looking in the windows or doing something that's really, like, not right. Or climbing in the windows or fiddling with the, with the door. Or, exactly. You know, something that's... And even then, I would stop and ask myself, like, well, could this be a relative? Could this be, you know... Do like, I, would, I need to get involved in this right, right now? Right, right. I would, I would not... My first instinct would not be to call the police. And especially if I saw somebody outside doing yard work yeah my instinct would be if I didn't recognize them right if I didn't offhand be like oh, I would that's think it was neighbor, like a relative I would think it's either a relative or they hired someone to come and water their lawn for them right. like I would just assume like what kind of criminal is like well just let me water these flowers real quick a very nice one like seriously so even though this woman identified Jennings and said that she knew him they still arrested and charged him with obstructing government operations the charges were later dismissed and Jennings was released but he obtained a lawyer who pushed to have the body cam footage released in order to clear the way for quote legal action against the officers and more so good here's hoping that happened I think back in May but the body cam footage just got released so I have a little update on the don't say gay laws in Florida the Sarasota school district in Florida is taking it all one step further with even more damaging policies so the district which covers 62 schools and over 42,000 students quietly adopted new guidelines this week requiring all staff to notify parents if a child tells them they're gay or if they are changing their preferred name or pronouns than indicated on their I'm records. sorry that's none of your like no, no. If my child, for whatever reason, trusted a teacher with More that information, me, you know, yeah. right? Or even if he trusted me, but also wanted to tell his teacher, that information is for the person who received that information. Yeah. That information, someone's sexuality is not anybody else's business until they are ready to make it their business. Exactly. Like, exactly. So... Superintendent Brennan Aspel created the guidelines without a board vote to comply with Florida's Parental Rights Education Act, which is popularly known as the Don't Say Gay Law, which took effect in July. So there's this little like flow chart that I found, and it starts with student makes request of a school staff. Then it goes over to school staff will notify administrator and school counselor of the request. Then, if a parent or guardian refuses consent, the administrator requests an email or letter from the parent in writing, and staff will not utilize preferred name and or pronouns. After that, administrator and or counselor will notify the parent of the request. 
After that, if parent or guardian gives consent, the school counselor schedules a conference to include administrator, parent or guardian, student, and counselor to complete the gender support plan. Lastly, once parent signature is obtained, pertinent staff are notified that the request is approved. You know, I hate this, especially, I think, because I really hate when people act like children don't deserve autonomy right over their over themselves like they right. are or actual that they people can't, or that they can't have any secrets like the thing to me that's so scary is that there are so many kids out there where school is their safe haven it's a place where they can be called by their preferred name or their preferred pronouns or be out and then when they're at home maybe they can't do that and they can't be themselves so the fact that the school is going to tattle on them well, is incredibly dangerous yeah, and I, it could lead to abuse at home absolutely it's scary. absolutely and I also just think needing permission from a parent, needing a parent's signature to be referred to the way I want to be referred to right. is saying that I don't deserve sovereignty over my own body yeah. and, and my own life. Mm-hmm. And like just because children are children doesn't mean they don't deserve that. They're people. Yeah. That's, and it's children so are weird. also much smarter than we give them credit for. I just think like that's something that I think is a bigger conversation as well. Uh, Gail Foreman, who is a history teacher in the district, has expressed concern about and to her gay and trans students, telling them, quote, don't say anything to me if you're not out at home. Which, God, at the same time, so it's sad. like... But you can also just keep their secret. You don't have to tell yeah, but administrators, I but that I puts her job in jeopardy. Yes. Like I, under- I understand that too, but like... That almost rubbed me the wrong way because it's like, look, don't talk to me about it if you have something to say because I'm going to have to tell on you. I understand. I mean, I do think it's coming from a supportive place. Yeah, it is. You know, I've seen a lot of stories recently and we can talk about it maybe next week or something about just the hordes of teachers who are leaving teaching right now. And it's like, how can you blame them? Like, look at... It's too much responsibility. How much you're putting on teachers right now. Like, that's... They just wanted to educate and like be there for kids and help them and yeah. help mold young minds. Hopefully, that's right. the reason why you want want to go into that profession. And they're being told like you have to do all these things. You have to report your students. You, you know, you can't be a safe place for your yeah. students. You also have to maybe get a gun. Like it's so it's insane. And and Gail talks about how she's like, I don't want to go home every night thinking that I've maybe made the home lives of my students worse. Yeah. But she also said that a way that she works around the preferred name situation is that she calls the students by their last name. And I thought yeah. that was a really great way for her to still be. Yeah. Respectful it really is. Yeah. And just call them by their last name. And that's fine. Like, I, yeah. I like that they're finding some sort of work around but at the same time it's so frustrating that teachers have to explicitly say you can't trust me right you have to carry that burden of like I, I mean I'm sure she wa- wants to just keep their secrets but I think that there's that fear there like the the school is putting that fear in you that like she could lose her job yeah, she could we maybe could fire you if we find out that you didn't tell us something and you if know? she gets fired maybe that would impede her getting another job in the future we don't know if this person has a family like when I first read that, it was kind of like, well, fuck you, lady. But at the same time, I understand that it's it's complicated. It's so much responsibility. Yeah. Like, this shouldn't have to be this Gail Foreman's problem to begin with. Right. And that's what's so frustrating. But uh, I thought it was really important to discuss because we haven't really talked about much of the don't say gay stuff in a while. So for any of our Florida listeners, please be aware of what's going on in Sarasota Gosh, County. Just 
I know. We, Honestly, it's all bad this week. We, we have no we, good news. We live in a really wild time. I mean, I'm sure that everybody feels that way about the time in which they live. But yeah. truly in America right now, um, we were briefly united on TikTok. I will say that if nobody is up to date on the UK versus US TikTok. I have, I know nothing about TikTok ever. So fill me in. I've never. It's it's too much to cover here. <laughs> If, if you know, but you know, people, but I will but fill in with people were united between uh, the UK oh, I, and the US? No, no. Against, oh. the, I've never seen the US more united for a cause. Oh, like, what was in, it? In a long time. It was just this woman was basically saying that like the US has no culture and oh. that the UK is more diverse than the US and the US clap back so hard. Yeah. Rightfully. Right. But I was going to say, that's like, I don't know what she's basing well, she's wrong. of. Yeah. Yeah. She's wrong. But, you know, even given that, right? <laughs> I will defend that to, with my dying breath, right? But even given that, the U.S. is in a real weird spot. And, like, I know we have been since 2016, but I do feel like it's just getting weirder. weirder. Like, it's just getting weirder. Yeah. Because the deep brainwashing hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's uh, And may never. Let's buckle in. <laughs> Shall we? I think that that's why it feels weirder, is that it feels more settled. Yeah. And like, this is just it's what not, it is now. It's not like, oh my God, can you believe this is happening? It's, it's like, like, yeah, I can believe Another it's thing is happening. Yeah. Let's talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if there's anything next week that you want us to talk about, please go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or DM us on our Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can go ahead and rate and review us on the business page and chat with the other listeners in the group page. I keep forgetting to mention this, but in the link in our show notes, you can also check out our merch if you are interested. Last but not least, if you haven't done so, already please go to your apple podcast app and leave us a five-star review with a quick sentence about why you enjoy the show it is truly so helpful and we really appreciate it all right that's all we have for you today with all it being said we encourage you to rage on cheer are you okay i'm not i'm not (laughs) oh my god okay let's do this again please okay sorry with all that being said by myself and I was like what's going on and then he said cheer <laughs> my brain short circuited it really did I got a text and I was like what's happening that happened to me recently God. when we were doing the intro where I just totally forgot what words were okay <laughs> sorry good with all of that being said we encourage you to rage on bye there's something weird going on with influencers right now I'm a little freaked out. They just get everything they want. Everything's a little too perfect. Their smiles are a little too straight. They're using filters I can't find anywhere. I know what I'm about to say might sound a little unhinged, but I think it might be witchcraft. At least, that's what Jenna Clayton thought right before she went missing. We're excited to introduce a new show from Realm, If I Go Missing, The Witches Did It, starring Oscar-nominated actress Gabourey Sidibe. When a black writer goes missing, a white podcast host with a savior complex takes up the cause of finding her and collides with a coven of influencers she suspects are responsible. This show is a little bit of the craft meets Mean Girls meets Get Out. Learn more about If I Go Missing, The Witches Did It at realm.fm and be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.